This episode is supported by Seedlip, the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit. Crafted without alcohol, sugar, or calories, Seedlip spirits solve the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's for the night, the month, or forever. Because as a non-drinker, it never feels good when your only options are water, soda, or sugary mocktails. So now you can skip the booze without feeling left out when it comes to your social life. So whether you prefer punchy citrus flavors, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a drink for every type of drinker. It's crafted using a bespoke process, including traditional copper distillation of botanicals. And each of Seedlip's three variants, which are Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grove 42, are alcohol-free and have their own unique flavors, which pair so perfectly with just a splash tonic. And they can also be used to make more complex cocktails, and you'll find those in the Seedlip cocktail book or on their Instagram account at Seedlip underscore and a so head on over to seedlipdrinks.com or .ca and use the promo code this family treat 10 for 10% off your favorite non-alcoholic spirit this is available in canada and in the u.s and now at lcbo stores across ontario and again that is seedlipdrinks.com and this family treat 10 hello everyone i'm alex and i'm here with my husband shane and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this family tree podcast episode 160 big number it's a huge number i'm liking it it feels like it's a uh, like a monumental episode, but it's not. It's just another good one. Folks, I get on the phone with Lisa and Dakota Warden. So they're the Warden fam. They're like huge on TikTok, but they are self-described Disney freaks. Hmm. And we get in the tips and tricks because we're going in April and it's a little bit overwhelming. Like I was looking up, you know, what to do in Disney, how to get to more rides quick. And there was just way too much information out there. So I was starting to get really anxious. So I sat down with them. They told me the best places to eat, how best to get rides, what parks are worth it to get like a genie pass for. They know everything. It's a lot. (laughs) One might say too much. One might say it's not worth it, but not me, other people. Mm, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. We're going to make it good. And I will be taking notes on the interview that I did with these guys. Hope you guys enjoy it. But Shane, cheers, babe. We got a seed lip sour tonight. Taste this. A classic non-alcoholic cocktail. Woo! Oh, sorry. The kids, <laughs> the kids are sleeping. I forgot. Jeez. Well, that wasn't smart. It's nice though, right? Oh, yeah. No, I like this. Effervescent, sour, tasty. You got it all. It feels like a legit cocktail. I use the word effervescent a lot to describe people. What does it mean? Bubbly? Yeah. Okay, good. I've been using it right then. <laughs> how frequently have you been using it? Well, when someone asks me how lovely my wife is, <laughs> I say, well, she could be a little more effervescent, but. Anyway, Shane, what? since the interview is all, you know, vacation, mm-hmm. all planning vacations, everything. It really got me thinking. I was sitting there at work today. You know, it was a Monday. Ooh, case of the Mondays. Yeah, I kind of Started thinking about vacations. <laughs> but it was kind of dragging on. And I think especially because I still had like a lingering headache. Lucy woke up yesterday at 2 a.m., folks. She woke up at 2 a.m. and did not go back to sleep until nighttime. It was ridiculous. So I feel like I was still kind of recovering from that. So I'm sitting at my desk and I was just thinking of nice things to kind of keep me going. And List some nice things. Well, vacations. I was thinking mm. about you and I in Hawaii. Yes. Which was our first big vacation. It was a work trip, but yes. It was still fun. Actually. <laughs> yeah, but it was also stressful. This, this was my first foray into Instagram stories had just come mm-hmm. out. 
and I was tasked with running an account that had over a million followers. And I, I didn't know how to do stories. So I thought every Instagram story had to be a 10 out of 10 home run. <laughs> so, I was going, I was losing my mind. So anyway, he gets sent down with Sailor Jerry's and- Sailor Jerry. Sailor Jerry. Yeah. And uh, brings me, so then I can see Hawaii because I'd never been, but also to be doing the stories and be editing all his videos together while he was off doing the Sailor Jerry stuff. So Shane was putting out like, how many stories a day? And they were all well-edited comedic videos that we spent hours on before you would leave and then when you got home at night and I'd be sitting in the room or by the pool with a cocktail just editing all these stories for you yes thank you that was my that was my first foray into social media video work it was and for some reason we hid your presence but (laughs) I didn't want my coworkers to know that I had you come along with me because I thought that might be looked at as unprofessional so I had made you wear a 100 block <laughs> sunscreen. We we got baby sunscreen. Well, for babies who can't have any sun touch them. Yeah, albino babies. Yes, you look like powder the entire time if people <laughs> know the reference to that film. But yeah, I'm very strange and neurotic. But sorry for that, but thank you for all the work you did on that vacation. But yes, you were thinking of the great times we've had. We yeah, and uh, you know, our honeymoon in St. Martin even just like our little trips to Detroit, things like that. So much fun. And I was thinking about family trips because we've taken all these different levels of trips, like bigger trips, you and I, little getaways, family trips with our kids, and then wider family vacations and whatnot. So I want to ask you what your earliest vacation memory is, because I was trying to think back to mine and I I got one and it's the earliest vacation I could definitely think of. So I want to know how far back you can go. Okay, I remember my dad driving around. My dad wasn't known to be a smoker or drinker or anything. I like I'd never seen him smoke anything. And he was he had like a cigar, like you know, the penguin smokes with that that tip. What are they called? Those little vacations. Like cigarellos? Yeah, with that chewy tip. And he put one in his mouth and I was like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm on vacation. (laughs) So he put a cigar. So I, I always thought, oh, as a kid, like adults smoke cigars when they're on vacation. And that was always synonymous with vacation. And then he, I remember being thrown in a pool, like to, to swim, like in the deep end, <laughs> yeah. kind of like, hey, see what you And that was in Florida, but that was a memory. And also, yeah, my dad's swimming around in the ocean and me think pretending he's a whale and like hugging around his neck and floating around with him. Classic dad move. I like that one. That's so fun. Yeah, the earliest one I could come up with was being at my aunt and uncle. They used to own this like, they're both wealthy doctors in California, right? So they owned this ranch outside of San Francisco. Your aunt was a doctor too? Well, she she was a nurse practitioner. Oh, okay. um, But at like a super busy hospital and everything. Yeah. So they both, and it's all private out there, right? So you do really well. Mm Mm-hmm. So they own this massive property and it was incredible. It was like half of a mountain, rolling hills. There was like half a mile between them and their closest neighbor. It was really spectacular. And I remember being there as a young kid and their neighbors had horses that just kind of, they were like half wild. Like they just roam around the properties of all the neighbors. Yeah. And uh, 
I guess the horses were crapping on my aunt and uncle's property. So like, all right, kids. And they go to me and my brother were like six and four or five and three. Like today we're going to shovel horse dookie. And they, they gave. They called it dookie? They called it horse pucky. Okay. Horse that's, pucky. That's actually worse. I'm like- <laughs> and so they gave us shovels and we're shoveling the horse buggy off the driveway as little kids and then these are vacation memories this is yeah yeah, okay and then um i so i remember doing that and then same vacation maybe the same day maybe a different day we see the horses in the hills and they're like really friendly so my aunt uncle give us carrots to feed the horses and so i had a carrot in my hand and all i said and i remember this so clearly horsies we have carrots and i'm waving the carrot and then like several horses just started galloping really fast towards us so then everybody in our party nobody knew what to do so we just ran and the horse kept chasing us then we just got into a car and drove away so i don't know if the horses were just coming to eat the carrots or if they were going to kill us stampede style but that was uh, my earliest vacation memory Somehow I thought this, the first story of cleaning up the pucky, <laughs> I don't know why I thought this. I thought it was going to connect to the end part. So I was, I, was, I was thinking through my mind, how could this complete? I thought there was going to be some sort of weird fertilizer that made you fed the horse and it was on the carrot and it gave them terrible diarrhea and you had to clean up pucky the entire trip. Horse pucky, right? That's what it's called? I think so, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, um, but yeah. that's early, earliest vacation. I have lots of early vacation memories, but that was the one where I was the youngest that I can really remember super clearly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like vacations where I have to do anything. See, I like that. And this is where you and I differ. You, you like doing things Not on vacation. cleaning up horse pucky, but I like going to a city I don't know and figuring it out and exploring and finding fun little restaurants and bars and little beaches and alcoves. I love that element of exploration and it's so fun to me and I like getting lost in a place and that's so fun to me and that's so ideal. Why can't you just find one place and chill there? Because I want to get to know a city. There's so much beauty in the world and it's like, I want to go see all these amazing places that are so steeped in history and have their own culture and their own food and everything. And I want to go check it all out. Yeah, I think that's my big issue is I don't care about history. Well, you don't have to. Get into the food. No, I think if you, people who care about history are better travelers. They're more mm-hmm. interesting. And, you know, so, like anytime you go some bar, it's like uh, Hemingway. This was his favorite bar. <laughs> How many bars do I have to hear are Hemingway's favorite bars? He was a drinker. I know, but I feel like they have to be lying at a certain point. Shane, if I could think of my favorite bars, like think of all your favorite bars in different cities in the world that you've been to, then they'd all claim that if you got famous and shot yourself. It's always Hemingway. It is always Hemingway. Hemingway didn't shoot himself, didn't he? Yeah. Did he? Well, what? he? Wait. He got in a plane accident that made his brain Yeah, but that was in the war. Hold on. No, I, th- I think he was in two plane accidents. Mm-hmm. He crashed it twice, right? Hemingway death, I believe so. But he did die by... Shooting himself. Self-shooting. Yeah. yeah you sure? Found dead of a gunshot wound in the head at his home. Okay. His wife, Mary, said that he had killed himself accidentally while cleaning the weapon. Ah, geez. But how are you going to know if it was accidental? Well, he had or- dementia, for, though, or something was wrong with his brain from two plane crashes. 
I heard. That would do it. Yeah. And all this drinking. Yeah. But apparently he, he's, and he also was at every bar in the world. <laughs> See that piano over here? Hemingway used to tickle the ivories while he was writing. <laughs> well, Ugh. it's funny because, you know, it's about this episode's kind of vacation-y and yeah. The solo vacation Shane and I are going on after we take the kids to Disney, we're going to New Orleans. And the hotel we're staying at was one of Hemingway's favorite hotels in the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) No, but he ended up writing about it in one of his books. Okay. And uh, so they have like a whole suite named after him and everything. But Shane, I feel like you just haven't traveled with the right historically enthusiastic person and that could be me like if you and i were in rome together Mm -hmm. right and you got me bouncing off the walls telling you all these exciting things about you know this alleyway or this beautiful museum or whatever i think you'd get into it and that just kind of adds to the appreciation of the food and the drinks and everything around you yeah i'm into the food and the drinks there you go For sure. If I can Uber there, I just do not want to take any weird public transit where it's a language I don't speak (laughs) and I don't want to feel uncomfortable and stupid. I just want to travel comfortably. Ruins, I don't care about. We don't have to go to ruins. I'm not saying I won't go. I'm just saying I don't care about them and I'm not going to get excited about something that's ruined. I think I can get you excited about ruined things. Okay. And I'm going to try For our 10th anniversary, we're going to go to Europe, and I'm going to get you excited about all that. Yeah. I Do you just, think I could? I don't know. I'm very frustrated by travel. The, the worst part is the plane stuff. If it's just you and I without kids, though, and we're just like cruising in a Rome for our 10th anniversary. Yeah, we're going to have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old or something. Yeah, we're not taking them. We're not taking them on our you know, anniversary Euro adventure. Come on. This is me and you absinthe a week. Well, these parents were really, you know, <laughs> expecting a lot of them. <laughs> well, we've well, got thanks multiple. Thanks in advance, everyone. <laughs> yeah, my dad listens to this. He's going to uh, be ringing me up after. All right. So, Shane, best childhood vacation. Best childhood vacation. I liked, I like going to St. Louis. All the time. Like I went to St. Louis. I had a, a Zia. You right. Know? That's an Italian word for grandmother, I think. Aunt. I'm not. I'm, I am Something. <laughs> it's an Italian word. All right. I'll, I'll be doing the teaching around here, Mrs. Teacher. <laughs> when Shane and I are in Italy, <laughs> this is. <laughs> Grazie. So, yeah, we would stay at her place because my stepmother's Italian and this was her aunt. So I guess they told the kids to call her aunt. I'm figuring out now. <laughs> it was just so much fun being and like I love the humidity mm-hmm. was like I always liked the heat as a kid and there was turtles and the St. Louis Arch I always thought was so much cooler than the CN Tower which just goes straight up which is boring an arch you know that is fun it's cool it's that shape like the two, McDonald's you, well you got two towers kind of yeah and we we went to the baseball game the St. Louis Cardinals for some reason, too, if it wasn't in my hometown, it was always cooler. The stadiums were always cooler. Oh, yeah. Even though Skydome was awesome. Uh, R.I.P. But yeah, I think that was a, a big memory going to St. Louis. 
Not so fun, but baseball stadiums are different in the U.S. Even if they're not as cool as the Sky Dome, they are different, and there's something special about them. Yeah, I like that kind of history. Mm -hmm. Fenway Park, Comiskey, (laughs) Wrigley. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I was trying to think. This is best childhood. I think uh, my dad used to go on these really cool business trips out in Alberta and B.C., Mm -hmm. so he'd take us and... You know, they'd put them up because it'd be big conferences in the medical field. So they'd put them up in these like gorgeous hotels. So I think my favorite trip was when we stayed at Chateau Lake Louise, which is one of the most beautiful hotels in the world, uh, especially where it's situated. It's just gorgeous. It's like a must-see if you're traveling. Alberta. So it's like a must-see if you're traveling out west. And so many people go here just to even walk on the grounds. And so it was just staying there. And then going and skiing every single day with my parents, having so much fun. Jake and I going from like learning to ski on the Monday and then by the Friday going down like double black diamond moguls and everything. And my parents are just watching us terrified and have to then try to follow us down these hills. Now, what do you say to a lot of people listening right now Mm -hmm. who know skiing? Yeah. We're thinking, what a liar. No, because... They'd probably get it. And if they have kids, they could probably understand how their kids would be able to do that more I, so than them because I couldn't do it now. Okay. But the black diamond, isn't that very dangerous? The double black diamond? Double double black. It, it is. I and only it know be. it as a cheese, a brick of cheese. <laughs> double black diamond can be very dangerous and it depends. Like it'll be double black for different reasons. Maybe it's super steep. Maybe it's really narrow. Maybe it's got you know, okay. nuts moguls. Yeah, I know nothing about skiing. I just wanted, there might be some naysayers out there and I wanted to shut them up right now. Yeah, no, they'd, they'd get it because you all you need is a fearlessness. fearlessness mm-hmm. no, because if you're nervous, that's when you're going to screw up and really hurt yourself skiing. So Jake and I would just zoom down that hill and I would, I would die if I was my parents. Thank God for them. I don't know how they did it because they must have been shitting bricks the whole time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. But that was the best. And I remember coming home from skiing every day, like to our gorgeous hotel. And uh, we'd run in. There was this like kind of pub on the ground floor where everybody just went after skiing. So everybody's all sweaty and red faced. And they had like these big raging fires and really homey food. And they'd always have a guy playing guitar. And everybody would just be there in their snow clothes, all exhausted from the day. And it was the coziest feeling. And I remember that feeling so well. I like that feeling. That's a, I don't know why. I'm not a skier, but you bring back memories of I, maybe GT snow racing I used to have and coming home to that. Well, even you and I going cross-country skiing at the cottage. That's how yeah. we feel after, right? You get that awesome like cold weather sweat and you just feel so good and being outside with that yeah, fresh that, air. That lodgy feeling. Oh, it's amazing. Around, like when the music's playing, you know. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah, it was the best. And then what about best vacation kind of now? From like with our kids or one kid because we've been to places with just Lucy, with just Betty, with the whole family, and then with extended. Where family. did we go with just Betty? Oh, Where? we've been nowhere with just Betty. Yeah, with just Lucy because mm-hmm. Betty wasn't around. Yeah. I don't think we'd ever. Yeah. No, we did go just Betty. We took her to PEC, Prince Edward County. Just the two of us. We went to wine country. Left Lucy at home because Betty was oh, really she's young. Too young. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna say Saint Martin anyway. That that was a good vacation. And we had the the awesome place. Oh, it was amazing. 
this was the first place someone actually sent us there because of all the hard work you do on the account. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes they trick you when they give you these free places. But (laughs) this was excellent. It had a full compartment to the place for your mom yeah we, well we had a two-story townhouse so my mom had her full apartment and her own balcony down the stairs mm-hmm. we had a kitchen a living room a bedroom a full balcony it was insane and shout out to the place grand case beach club because we highly recommend it and we want to go back there ourselves too grand Cass. grand Cass. oh my gosh yes that's how you say it and we learned that and even it's in my Saint head Martin. <laughs> say martin martin um yes that was the best hands down shane and then one other thing and for some reason whenever i think of memorable memorable vacations i always think of the things that went wrong because it's always fun and funny in retrospect even if it was a little bit infuriating at first like i'm sure shoveling the horse pucky but when you and i were with my family in florida and my parents rented a house and it was this is one of my favorite vacations too with like oh, yeah, that my was family. Great yeah. So we had this house. It was like a small house, but it was really cool. It was a bungalow and like a big in-ground pool in the back and a hot tub. And it looked awesome and it looked beautiful in the pictures. Then we get there and the pool is filthy, like unswimmable. The hot tub is not working and there was a roach problem. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I didn't even realize all that. So my dad's on the phone with the guy who he's renting the Airbnb from. And he's like, you need to get down here right now. Like we booked this specifically for the pool, the tub, and these roaches are just something we can't deal with. So, you know, the guy comes in, he sends in pool cleaners, like a professional company. They do it. They get it all ready. And then we just had a blast. Like Lucy was a baby. She was loving swimming in that pool. It was great. And then at nighttime, we'd all just like order pizza to the hot tub. Like yeah. me, you, my family. And so we just fun. party. Yeah. And then we had a date night once where we went to, yeah, we were playing this ring game where you have to throw a ring on a string and try to get it on a yes. hook. And we went to this restaurant that gave us all these little pepperinos or whatever. Oh my God, pepperoncini. Yeah, those were really good. It was so fun. It was Because we ended up going down like a university bar street and going to all these like university yeah. kind of pubs and stuff. And it was such a blast. Yeah, but that pool party was pretty epic. We had New Year's Eve there too. Mm-hmm. And your, your uncle George was there. Mm-hmm. And my Deb. cousins. Yep. So that was a memorable New Year's Eve. Yeah. That, that's one thing I'm trying to bring back now that we're, we're in that age where I think we got maybe about 10 years left of celebrating New Year's Eves, where I want to make New Year's Eves more vacation-y in a way. I don't know how. I don't know if we're going to do it, but that's my that was an ideal New Year's Eve for me. I say we can, and we figure out a way, and I think that way is like, and we did this as kids, renting a big chalet with some friends like in Blue Mountain or something. Yeah. Because then you just... You put the kids to bed, you know, you do New Year's with them. Then you just got 10 kids running around with pots and pans having a blast, put them to bed. And then the parents get to hang out all night. And then you don't have to find babysitters. You're all in the same place. You're not leaving to go to a bar. You're just all hanging out in this big ass house that you rented out. And it's a blast. Don't know if that's realistic for our friend group to do. Don't know if it'll ever happen, but... I think we can make it happen, Shane. Really? We're the get, least likely people to get something going, I think, with a big I group. I just have but. stress. I don't know. I don't I don't like <laughs> like it. 
<laughs> I think it could be fun. How else would we do it? How how can I don't we... need people. I don't need people. All right. <laughs> so so then doing what? Like what do you envision? Go to Detroit Club. No, but I mean to watch the kids because that's a, a babysitter free way to do it. Oh, New Year's is the. That's what my whole point is. That's the easiest time to get babysitters New Year's Eve. Our parents don't give two fucks about New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. They're in bed earlier that night just to show how old they are. <laughs> you know, to stick I'm it going to, New to New bed Year's. at eight thirty p.m. tonight, even though I normally go at nine thirty. <laughs> that's that's what I mean. Like I've seen footage of your parents partying when they're around our age. Yeah, I don't know, even know how. How did I get this footage? Somehow I've seen them at the the house around the corner, mm-hmm. and there's somebody's filming through the pillars, and the joint is jumping. They used to have like hundred person parties for New Year's. Yeah, mind you, you know they didn't need a babysitter then because you were probably asleep. But I mean, my parents are going to bed very early. Your parents are going to bed very early. If we just go somewhere for a night and come back i'm in I, d- I don't know maybe maybe it's not realistic but you're planning week-long trips in europe <laughs> i'm thinking i think it can all be feasible shane we just gotta we gotta be picky and choosy but i think it's all feasible yeah and we're gonna do it all just to prove it all right i like it but do you have any questions yeah i did before you wasted all the time <laughs> ask me one okay um if would you ever go on a vacation if English didn't exist in that place, like it's not like anywhere you went, no one spoke English. It would be a deterrent because I don't know, like I'd be nervous in regards to like emergency services and things like that. Because hmm, the nice, not so adventurous now, Shane. There's degrees to everything. Because if you go to Europe, like even if you're in a small town, you can get by if you know a couple words in their language and they know a couple words in English then you can at least get by with like broken language and hand gestures. Mm-hmm. But if there was zero common language, that would be really hard. Like I think I could get by in any place with like a romantic language, like French, Spanish, Italian, and we could we could get by okay. But other places would be tricky. Okay. If you could vacation in a world made entirely of candy, would you go? <laughs> Is this question? Um, no, maybe yes. That could be delicious. Like Willy Wonka? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I just I feel like everything would be really sticky. If you could vacation in a world where time could move faster or slower, which would you pick? Slower. Like really slow. Yeah, but I'm moving regular speed and everything around me is slow. You're moving regular speed. They're all in slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) That means I can steal extra drinks and stuff. You're stealing drinks? You're a thief in this scenario? Your morals go out the window because of some (laughs) anomalous time travel thing? I'm falling. If they can't see me, it could be kind of a fun... That's the only thing keeping you moral? (laughs) (laughs) I just think that if we're in this weird world, I might snag an extra Negroni Spagliato. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect note. That's such a Spagliato. <laughs> All right. Let's get to these these lovely Disney people, Disney freaks, right? Let's do what it. makes a freak? They I don't they know it. They go all the time. They love it. Freaky. Okay, let's get to that. But before we do, let's tell everyone who we are supported by. 
We are supported by the Miku Pro Smart Baby Monitor. Woo! And this is the most accurate sleep and breathing monitor that we have personally come across. And like we've seen, we've seen a lot through friends, through, you know, our work on social media. Even in personally ones I've come across, I think it's the best. Yeah, no, 100%. One of the reasons that I think that is that it uses this like military grade sensor fusion technology. Speak English. <laughs> to monitor your baby's heart rate and breathing patterns. So this technology, you know, it it avoids the monitor having to use any like thing to be attached to your kid, which a lot of other smart monitors need, like a sock or a chest band or something like that. So you can just rest assured that your kid is sleeping peacefully without any extra stuff in the crib. Yeah, but not so fast. What if you're a computer hacker? Can you just hack into the mainframe and spy on your baby? Uh, no, because they use crypto security. Ooh, sorry, hackers. I don't know what that means, but I know it is intense. And I know that people are unable to hack into it and they can with other smart monitors. Well, crypto comes from the Latin word crypt, which means dead. <laughs> Dead hackers? I don't know. Pretty much. <laughs> they might as well be the way they're not hacking into our baby's lives. And the monitor works with your smartphone to alert you of changes to your baby's vitals and to nursery conditions. Plus, there's amazing HD photo and video, great night vision, like honestly, the best night vision we've seen on, on a monitor. And there's also custom dual Ole Wolf speakers and a two-way microphone. So Miku not only has like all these original sounds and lullabies, I recommend Durban and Moonlight, by the way, but it allows you to talk to and comfort your baby. So check this out at MikuCare.com and use the promo code FAMILYTREE10 for 10% off. This is available for the U.S. only, but again, that is MikuCare.com and FAMILYTREE10. And now let's get to our interview with Lisa and Dakota. Warden family, thank you so much for joining me today on this family podcast. I'm so excited to have you. And you have the perfect backdrop. I know the listeners can't see this, but for <laughs> what we're going to be talking about today, which is basically everything... Disney. And I had a Mickey Mouse shirt on, but we live in Canada, so it's cold as terribly cold up here. I was going to say something naughty, but terribly cold, so I had to throw on a sweater. But folks, how are you? Can you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Hi. So we're doing good. We are Lisa and Dakota Warden, and we are the Warden fam on TikTok and Instagram. And so we are just Disney freaks, I guess. <laughs> I like the self-titled Disney Freaks. Can I ask you what led to your Disney freakdom? So it started when I was like a toddler. My family obviously is to blame for it, but they bought me everything Disney and Mickey Mouse. I have like a picture of me when I was probably two with like hundreds of Mickey things, like just obsession so it's just carried on throughout my life. And so we didn't really have the money to go to Disney World when I was little. But when I was 14, I got to go for the first time to Disney World. And so, you know, like I obviously loved it. And I my first two kids, they weren't they weren't into Disney. So we didn't spend the money to go. And my third was born and she just was obsessed. And I finally got my kid that was obsessed with <laughs> Disney. So she went for the first time when she was five. And that was just a trip with me and her. And she, of course, loved it. And it was actually a disaster trip. <laughs> I want to I want to touch on that later, actually, because 
I have yeah. a lot of questions about how to handle disasters in public parts, but we'll get to that. Yes. And so I felt very unaccomplished after that trip. Zaya had a fun time, but of course. And so I, I made my whole family come because they didn't have any interest in going either. So I made them come and we actually had a blast. Like it was so fun. I finally knew what I was doing. And so, yeah, it's just history from there. <laughs> That's awesome. And what about you, Dakota? Uh, for me, I, I don't know. Well, growing up as a kid, I always watched Disney movies and stuff. But it wasn't until she did that first trip to Disney where we all went. And I went with I went going saying I was going to have I had zero expectations for the trip. I really wasn't into like Disney World or didn't really care either. Um, but then I went with zero expectations and ended up having like one of the best times of my life. Just fell in love with the parks, the atmosphere, the sense that there's always something left to be discovered at all the different places. And then from there, it just kind of became a obsession of like, when are we going back? When can we go back? <laughs> like, I always I'm huge into like the matching outfits and doing fun trying to Disney bound myself for different things that I like and kind of getting to explore, like, I don't know what I always liked as a kid. And yes, ladies, every <laughs> mom's dream to have a husband like that. I was just going to say the listeners are going to be making sure their husbands come back for that part where it's like, see, honey, matching outfits are cool. They're good. We yeah. need to do them. <laughs> I, I encourage it more than she does actually. And usually when she's coming up with outfits for the kids and stuff, I'm, usually trying to find something to match with them <laughs> in some way. And I think one of my favorite ones is just bounding as Sid from Toy Story. Sweet. Um, I make him kind of, I kind of make it more kind of my dress style and wear a Sid shirt and it works really well with what they do for Toy Story. And so now I'm kind of getting more, more into that. And I just, I love it. It's crazy. So, so before we go on, because I'm going to tell you why I need all the info from you guys as Disney pros, but real quick, favorite Disney movie, each of you. Oh, I would say The Princess and the Frog. Oh, it's such a good one. It's <laughs> such, my husband and I are actually going to New Orleans a few weeks after we go to Disney. So we're real excited for that. Yeah. And what about you? Oh, man, that's so hard because I like all the Disney movies, and I actually really get into like the Disney princess movies more than anyone. I always jump around and say that Elsa is my favorite princess. So, all right, <laughs> yeah. all right. See, I'm I'm a big Raya fan. Okay. If you guys have seen Raya, that's like huge at our house. It's it's like I describe it. If Quentin Tarantino did a Disney movie, it would be Raya, and I think that's why I like it. But yeah, the yep. fam. So we took. We have two kids. A four-year-old and two-year-old. We took our four-year-old when she was a year and a half. And we were like, are we – she was free, so that was nice. But we were like, yeah. what are we doing? Are we wasting time and money? Is she going to get it? She loved it. A year and a half was in awe. Every second of the day, we had a great time because Disney is just like so clean and pristine and nice. It was a gorgeous day. So now we're going to go back with her able to – really take it in and with our yeah. two-year-old almost three-year-old and it's her first time so we can't wait however I am feeling so freaking anxious about doing things right because there's so much there's so little time and I want to make sure that we can get the rides in that we want I want to make sure that we eat at good places and that we're able to get reservations to said places 
all of that. And and I'm anxious. Like I went online and I typed in Disney tips. I was brought to so many blogs and there's like hundreds and thousands of pages on every blog. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. I just need the pros. So that's what you guys are here for. And I really appreciate that. So I do want to start with, I guess, the tips and tricks of fitting the most in. So last time we went, we had like, I don't even know what it was called, like a genie pass, a magic pass. Yep. It was probably fast pass when you went last time. Yes. What is it now? And is that the best route to go? So it's genie plus now. And so yes, at Magic Kingdom, do genie plus. That's the best way to and really educate yourself on how to do it. I think it's like every two hours you book something like a fast pass pretty much to a ride and you can do each ride one time. And if you're staying on the resort, you can start at 7 a.m. booking your stuff. So then every two hours you set an alarm on your phone and you be on there to book it right away. So with the fast pass, I remember I booked like three first thing in the morning and then after that, I could book, like after I use up one, I could book another one. So good. <laughs> and is now that, it's not anymore. That doesn't happen anymore? Nope. You have to do what, well, you can, you can stack them up. Like if you don't get there right at park opening, you can stack them still, but you only get to pick one every two hours. So then what do you do in between? You just wait in line for? Yep. So you just kind of have to plan out your day, like. So if you're going for like seven doors mind training stuff, I think when you do that, do that the first thing in the morning and then it'll probably be for later in the day. Is that is that because it's a busy one? That's a really busy one. And then so the rides that you want to do while you're waiting for those are like It's a Small World and Dumbo and like all those little rides, the teacups, those ones you don't need to have Genie Plus for. So do the bigger ones for picking your things first. So big rides, would that be like, because my favorites are hands down Haunted Mansion and Pirates. Ever since I was a kid, those are really almost the only rides I care to go on. But then because they're the only rides I've gone on and I haven't been to Disney a ton as an adult, I don't know what the new rides are like. Like, I don't know really what's there. But those ones, are those ones that I have to book ahead for? So those you'll probably be able to get right away. Like, so do your biggest ones. Like if you want to go on Space Mountain, that's one you should do right away. And Seven Doors Mine Train is one you need to do right away. Um, You you don't have to worry about Splash Mountain anymore because that's closed now. Oh, why? (laughs) They're retheming it to Tiana. Oh, that's awesome. We're super excited about it, but it'll probably take a couple years. (laughs) That is really cool. And what are the rides? You know, again, I haven't been for a long time. So what new rides are there that we should definitely put on our list because I'm going to listen back to this podcast when we're planning the trip and I'm going to write these things down. So which one should I definitely plan for? Okay. So I would do seven doors mind train first, like your seven o'clock one that you pick Do seven doors mind train for as early as you can. Next one I would do is probably space mountain. Yeah. What's, what's another one? Thunder mountain. Thunder mountain. That will be probably your next one to go to. Then I would start doing your haunted mansion and the um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. And then, um, let's see, Dumbo, Little Mermaid, all those don't, they don't need to have the Fast Pass. And when you go on Dumbo, you can actually wait in line in their indoor play area 
which is really, really cute. Oh, that's the best. You will probably, you will probably want to do that a couple times because that's so fun for their age. And what about the Jungle Cruise? I've never done that one. Is that one worth it? Jungle Cruise can be deceivingly busy. Like oh, yeah. a lot of people because the the person who's giving the ride, they tell jokes and it's funny. They like it's very kind of interactive and funny like that. So that one can be surprisingly busy. Too, so. so you can actually run there right when you get in to Disney. If you guys rope drop, go right over there because then you'll get right in and then you won't have to use a Genie Plus for that. Because right away, because that's one you can go to right away. If you're staying on property, you get to come into the parks half an hour earlier and just go right over there. It'll look really busy when you rope drop, but it actually isn't that bad. Okay, that's amazing to know. So the last time we went, actually, when we had our our one and a half year old, we're like, we're just staying in Florida. We didn't even go for Disney. And we're like, well, we're definitely going to go. So let's go on Tuesday because it seems like I was looking at calendars and I was like, Tuesday is going to be the least busy day of the week. However, this was a special Tuesday. It, we didn't even realize it initially. It was New Year's Eve 2020. So oh, no. New Year's Eve is the busiest day at Disney all year long. So it was madness. Okay. Like absolute madness. We didn't want to leave the property and have to go back on. So we were at the park from 730 in the morning until midnight because we stayed for with the baby the midnight fireworks which were amazing but how do we break up our day so if we're gonna be staying on the resorts what's the best way to do it? do you just push through or do you go no. for an app like how should i do that and when should i do that so what you're gonna want to do is so magic kingdom so i'm talking specifically for magic kingdom so you're going to um, Main Street opens an hour before park opening. So you'll want to try to get there at that time. Then you can take your castle pictures with nobody up there because nobody can make it to rope drop. <laughs> so wait, is this is this 6 a.m. Main Street opens? No, I think if the park opens at 9 a.m., okay. then Ma Main Street will open at 8 a.m. You have to look at when the park opens that day. And so you stay on property, they will open up Tomorrowland and wherever. Um, yeah, it's Frontier. I'm not sure. Obviously, we're not. Like <laughs> <laughs> where Jungle Cruise is, you yeah. can go back there. That's awesome. So half an hour beforehand, you'll be let back there. So then you can go on Jungle Cruise, okay? And then you'll be doing your Genie Plus at whenever someone starts getting tired, like go to the hotel you can go swimming or we usually do it around noon or one when it starts to get like when it starts to get busy when it starts to get really mm. busy and it starts to get hot like you'll notice like the temperature gets a lot hotter you start getting like your kids are maybe getting tired or cranky at that point i would say it's best to go back and take a nap yep mm -hmm. relax enjoy the pool for a little bit you're the park is open till 10 or 11 that night like you're not going to miss out on that much and if you have your stuff scheduled already, then you can go back, take a nap for a little bit, relax, cool off, and then go back. Because mm -hmm. I feel like it, it definitely is worth it to be there right away in the morning. But you do start getting tired mm -hmm. and getting exhausted. It's a long day. And by then, you've already been there for a long time. So I would say the best thing you do is go back, take a nap, recover, and then re-energize however yeah. you got to do it and then go back for the rest of the night because that'll kind of split up your time so it doesn't feel like it just drags especially when it's super hot out 
Mm -hmm. and you just, it feels like it drags on until you find something to relax. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. And, you know, thinking about resorts and since we're kind of on that topic, what are like what ones have you guys stayed at? What are your favorites? Uh, is there anything I should avoid at the resorts? Because we, we don't know where we're staying yet. So um, our favorites are the moderate resorts. So that's Caribbean Beach. And hold on, I'm going to stop you right there because you are talking to Disney idiots right now. All right. <laughs> when you say okay. moderate, I don't know what that means. So you have to okay. spell it out. All right. So there's there's value resorts and there's moderate resorts and there's deluxe resorts. And we've stayed at all three and moderate is our favorite. So our Top favorite is Caribbean Beach, and that has the Skyliner, which goes to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Cool. Yes. So we like that, but we love Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Like, that's our favorite parks. <laughs> so wait, Hollywood Studios and Epcot are the same park? Nope. No. They're, they're kind of right next to each other, though. Okay. Yeah, so, yep. So Skyliner's like, have you seen the Skyliner? I've only heard of it that people, have, I, I haven't seen it, though. Yeah. So you just... It's what is it kind of like? <laughs> You're just kind of flying through on this like thing. It's really cool. So it's like, <laughs> it's like a zip line gondola thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gondola. Cool. Yeah. And Hollywood Studios is that like a universal type thing? So I mean, it's probably the most like universal. Yeah, but they, yeah, it's, it's more like where they have the Pixar type stuff there. Like oh, fun. Star Wars and Star Wars, and um, that's where Rock and Roller Coaster is. It's more of that kind of a, like themed type stuff. Awesome. Okay, so Caribbean Beach is a great one. Yes. Now, which one would you say has the best uh, pool water area? That like for little ones, like for kids my age, maybe. So Art of Animation AOA. That's that's a value resort, but they have family suites and stuff, and they have the cutest like little pool area and splash pad, and yeah, that's the that's the best for little kids. That's good to know. Okay, yes. that's good to know. I like that it's a value resort too. That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I was looking at, I guess, what their deluxe res resorts would be. These things are nuts. Like, I don't know what the one was called, but you have giraffes outside of your room. Yes, yep. we we just stayed there in uh, August, and yep. that was insane. <laughs> How was it? What what was that hotel like, and what was it called? Even um, Animal Kingdom Lodge. We were invited by Disney for Princess Week, and so we stayed there with Disney. So I'm not sure if our experience is a little different than someone else's, like being invited there by Disney. But um, it was so cool. You guys went to the pool. I never went to yeah. the pool. What was the pool like there? There's like water slides and stuff. It, for me, it didn't really feel like it was geared towards like really little kids. Yeah. Um, but we only went to one area of the pool. I think they do have a little they splash have, pad. But... They do, but it was on another side and we didn't really mm -hmm. go to that. But yeah, I don't know. It was it was cool. Yeah, it was a really good. Uh, we just yeah. don't we don't vibe with the deluxe resorts. I'm yeah. I'm not sure why they don't they don't feel as like Disney as the I mean the value resorts are the most Disney. Like they have the big Disney sculptures. And, oh fun, yeah. Like, you really, you really yeah. get the Disney feelings. Like our favorite value is All Star Movies, and that's like the cheapest one that there is. But it's. It's the best, but they don't have a splash pad. So the only time I stayed at a resort uh, on Disney, my dad had a conference there when I was like 15 and we stayed at the Swan. And is that still running? That is. Yeah. It's not it's not 
run by Disney, but it is on Disney property. Oh, okay. Because I remember they had like character dinners and everything. So we didn't even have to leave okay. the hotel to interact. Yeah. And I heard that now, do we have to like book times with the princesses and Mickey? Like you can't just kind of run into them in the park? You stand in line for most of them. So you can do, so the princesses at Magic Kingdom and Mickey, you can do Genie Plus for those. Okay. That's good yep. to know. Yeah. My kids are princess obsessed. Um, oh, yeah. And I remember when we were going, like when my daughter was a year and a half and I'd see the kids a little older than her and they'd get the the princess makeovers or whatever. And yes. full disclosure, my husband and I were kind of like making fun. We were like, oh, this is ridiculous. Look at their hair done. They got makeup on. What is this? And because uh, we were like, no, our kid, our daughter is going to be an NBA player. She, you know, isn't going to be this <laughs> Disney princess obsessed. Lo yep. and behold, totally a freak for it, like you guys. Um, and you definitely need to do it. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Like, if we don't do it, it would it would be something that we'd be missing out on. We, It's something we have to do. She's going to flip for it. She already has all the dresses, basically. Um, yep. And I know she wants to. So is that something that I book ahead, Genie Plus? Like, is, what, is that considered a ride? I don't understand. So... For a Bippity Boppity Boutique, you do have to book that in advance. I don't know what the advanced is right now. I've always gotten our appointments. Like, we're last minute people. We always book our trips last minute. Same. I like that. Okay. Yeah. So we're super like, oh, let's go to Disney next month. Like, okay, let's go. And so for dining, you just, you can buy, have reservation finders and they'll like notify you when there's a reservation. And okay. for Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, I don't think there's that for Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. But if you just keep checking, like on the app every day, you will eventually find an appointment. That's but yes, know. you have to book it. You do have to book it in advance. And when you guys are saying you're last minute, but you're still booking things a month ahead, um, is that how? Is that like the ultimate last minute you could be when doing Disney? Because that's less last minute than I'm used to. So normally when we book our character meals and stuff, it's the day before we're going. Okay. So, I can yeah. do that. Yeah, she's on her phone, like constantly, like checking yeah. time, checking, like <laughs> we were trying to get like a certain time and sometimes yeah, she'll book a time it. like super late at night and then you in keep... hopes that somebody will cancel theirs and then you just reschedule it for that time. Yeah. And it's worked out every <laughs> single time. So, I mean, it's worked, but. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned you know, getting reservations. We only ate at one Disney place when we were there. And then we got like turkey legs and whatever, just like from the little stands during the day. And it wasn't even really a sit down place, but we went to Gaston's Tavern or Lodge, whatever. Phenomenal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we went there after being in the park for like two hours, got a seat. We sat there for like 45 minutes and just relaxed and had the cinnamon bun, the tastiest cinnamon I've ever had in my entire life. So that's like the only place that we really sat down and enjoyed something like that. So my standard is now that delicious cinnamon bun. Yeah. Where should I try to get in for dinner? Because again, there's so many places, there's so many parks. So like what? Like it's it's overwhelming, guys. I Just it thinking is. about this, I'm getting overwhelmed. It is. <laughs> So I guess it depends on what you want to do because there's, like you said, a million options. So for your princess lover, there's Cinderella's Royal Court in the castle. That's I feel like you guys have to do that. 
That sounds cool. You can do breakfast there or dinner, but I would say to do breakfast at Cinderella's Royal Court, you'll have to really try to get that right when you when you can book. They'll tell you when you can book. I, I want to say it's 60 days out right so, now. Something like that, yeah. So right at your 60-day window, you try to get that Cinderella's Royal Court. And they the princesses are coming back there. So there'll be all the princesses there. That's when amazing. You get so that's one you should definitely do. And then, so for lunch, if you guys are hungry for lunch again, I'm not sure <laughs> how much like food you guys eat. We are not like, we don't eat three meals a day at the parks. <laughs> so I would do quick service for lunch, just mobile order some food wherever you guys are. And for dinner, you guys could do um, the Bell's and Bell's Castle or Beast Castle. What's that called? Um, be Our Guest. Yeah, Be Our Guest. <laughs> okay. So I've heard about that one. Is that is that food really good there? Um, so we've never had dinner there. But when they used to have breakfast, we did breakfast there. And it was amazing. So for dinner, the Beast is there. So That's fine. She, can wear, she can wear her bell dress and see the Beast. And yeah, it's the cutest castle. It looks like the real thing. It's crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, this is so good to know. And what about outside of Disney? Because like I think about when I was younger and I remember my parents taking us to Epcot. And as a kid, I was like, oh, this sucks. Like Epcot's so boring. But now as an adult, I'm like foods of the world, drinks uh, of the world, get me right to Epcot. And they have, is that where Elsa hangs out? Because my daughter is uh, obsessed to see. She's like, that's the one thing she wants to see is Elsa. Yep, there's Elsa ride. And there's, you can meet Elsa and Anna. And actually, if like she wants princesses, that's where you can find the most princesses at Disney World is in Epcot because they're all in their, they're all in their um, countries. So you can see Jasmine, that. you can see Jasmine and Aurora and Belle and Mary Poppins and Alice yep. and Elsa and Anna, mm -hmm. like they're all over there. So yeah. This yes. is phenomenal news. Yeah, because my daughter, when she was in daycare, her daycare teacher was like, oh, I went to Disney and Elsa gave me real magical powers. So my daughter's like, Elsa's going to give me actual magical powers. We have to see her. So I am really excited. But what about restaurants outside of Disney? Because we're going to, sorry, outside of Magic Kingdom, because we'll be there for a few days. And I do want to see the other parks. Like half of them didn't even exist when I was a kid and I was there. So it's very interesting to me. What parks would you say are worth it to go to? If you could give me top three, and then if you could pass on one, even if it's great, if you could pass on one, what would that be? Animal Kingdom for me. Pass? Really? I love yeah, Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom's awesome. It's just a different vibe, okay. I guess. Some people really love it, but I would say the top three parks for me are Hollywood Studios, Epcot, and Magic Kingdom. I guess I would have to say the same, but I still love Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom. But we're yeah. ones that when we go, we go to every park at least twice. That's yeah, <laughs> true. Okay, wait, how many days do you do that in then? So our normal Disney trip before we started doing all the hosted Disney stuff was like 12 days. Get that was our out. <laughs> so it's crazy, but if you think about it, a normal vacation for most normal people is like, say five days, right? Mm -hmm. Seven days total, but one of those, two of those days are travel days. So for us though, when we did it, it was 12 days. And 
So most people are burnt out on like day three, day four, and day five, right? Yeah. That's when you're ready to leave. And I'd say we definitely experienced that ready to leave. But at the same time, at that point, things started slowing down. Mm -hmm. We started understanding more of how Disney worked and it made sense. So we went to Animal Magic Kingdom for the second time, but it felt slower. Yeah. Like you more enjoy it versus crap. I have to get all these rides in Mm -hmm. and it kind of slowed down. You're like, well, we don't have to do this. We already did it. Um, or we can, you can experience it in a different way versus like, you're just trying to, if you're having a shorter vacation, obviously then you're trying to focus on the things you want to get done. But with a longer one, you can kind of like take your time to do stuff versus Mm -hmm. like feeling so rushed. Like, Oh, if you have two days there, if on your first day, you don't get to do one of the things you really wanted to do, you have another day that you can get it done and you can focus more on that then. Yeah. And it, so it, it kind of slowed down after that. And you were like, yeah, this is nice. You're kind of like, you can take your time a little bit more and it's like kind of more in sync with it versus like, crap, I have to run there. Oh, it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. See, so we, I think we're going for four days. And again, full disclosure, we're going with Disney. So Disney's invited us to go because I um, I approached them and I said, hey, my family's obsessed. Here's my media kit, whatever. Let's do something together. Disney was like open arms. It was beautiful. Awesome. So well, then you guys are going to you guys are going to be taken care of. Yeah. OK, <laughs> that's the best way to Disney. Is doing it that way. <laughs> but, you know, it's like four days. Right. And I don't like. Whatever. So I feel very privileged for that even. And I need to ask, if you don't feel comfortable answering, that's fine. But I need to ask, how much does it cost to take a family of, what, five to Disney for 12 days? So our first trip, they had free dining. It was a free dining special. So that's our first time that we did, like, 12 days at Disney. Mm -hmm. Because then you got the most out of everything. Your park tickets are so much cheaper if you do 10-day park tickets. Like it, it boils down to like $60 a day or something. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, almost half off the tickets if you go that long. So it really wasn't that much more to go, you know, that many days you just pay for your hotel. So, and that cost probably 7,000 for 12. That was uh, not what I was expecting. I was expecting you to say somewhere between 15 and 20, honestly. I know. Right. No, it's so much cheaper. Like, and that's with flights, everything. That's That was staying at Caribbean Beach. Okay. So, but that was with the free food. That was yes. with free dining. Yep. So on another trip that we've gone. So my oldest, she really isn't into Disney. So we've actually only done two family trips with her because she did, she's just not interested. So for a family of four going for that long at like all-star movies, we can do that for four or $5,000. Yeah. That's that's for 12 days? Yeah. Yep. That's phenomenal because like Shane and I, my husband and I, we were talking to our friends who've done Disney with like families of four and everybody's telling us 10 Gs. But again, that is Canadian as opposed to American. But okay. so I guess that's about right. But that that's for not 12 days. That's for like five or yep. seven days. No, I don't think people realize how... Like everyone who is planning a trip and they're only going to go for five days, you should price it out for 10 days and just see the difference because it's probably only like a little bit more, a little bit more. And I don't think people 
people realize that. Like that's like our secret. <laughs> Yeah. is you go for the 10 days because it's not going to be that much more. No, that is amazing to know because I never would have thought that. And yep. I think it really depends on where you stay. It like, does. It depends on like we've stayed at the deluxe resorts, which are like the higher end, like Yacht Club and stuff like that. Those are the higher priced per night yep. places to stay. So there is easy to spend 10 grand. There you could say <laughs> you could get a room that's like seven, 800 or a thousand dollars a night where, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. So at that, you could spend easy 10,000, 12,000 doing that. But if you stay at like the middle resorts, the resorts are phenomenal. And in my opinion, the buses and transportation work so much better at the middle the, resorts. No, those are the value yeah. resorts. We've had like, more luck with yeah. the buses at the valley resorts That's and great. the experience is more there and I, I don't know we're not just we're not like super i don't know like rich i don't know how to say it like people always assume <laughs> that though because we're there all the time but, but we're not like i, I don't know the, you budget for it you budget yeah. you yeah. prioritize you budget for that that's your thing everybody has their thing and yeah. the, the feeling of being in those places isn't exactly our our vibe like they're really pretty the aesthetic's really nice, but it's mm -hmm. got a different vibe than staying at a value resort or like all-star movies or one of those. Like it, it's a different like world mm -hmm. in terms of hotels. And the value resorts, I mean, if you get one of the specials when they have specials, you can stay there for like $130 a night. That's amazing. That's so yeah. good. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and let our listeners know who we're supported by. We are supported by True Earth. And if you listen True. to this podcast, you know that Shane and I have been trying to reduce our environmental footprint. We're not just trying anymore. We're doing it. We're doing it. And one way we're doing it is by eliminating single-use plastics mm. in our household. So this started off with like laundry detergent jugs. I used to love them. Eliminated those because now we use True Earth Eco Strips, which are just soluble strips that you rip apart, toss in the machine. They are so easy. But they have other things. We just got in the mail. Did you see last week? We got True Earth dishwashing detergent strips. I know. Is there anything they can't do? I don't know. Because we also have house cleaner. That's in a strip. It's it's really amazing. It takes up no space in our laundry room because there's no plastic packaging. It's all eco-friendly, biodegradable. And it, like, it really is beautiful stuff. It works so well. Some people might wonder, why would I have such a hate on all of a sudden for plastic jugs? I used to not mind them. Tell them. Why? Because they cluttered the laundry room. Yeah, that's one reason. Yeah. What's reason number two? Oh. You put them in the recycling bin. You assume they're getting recycled. I used to buy these plastic jugs just assuming, okay, yeah, it's plastic. Yeah, it'll be recycled. No, apparently like some, I don't even want to like misquote it, but it's an absurd amount that is not recycled. It's like between 70 and 80%. Yes. So that's reason enough for me to get it out of my life. The fact that it doesn't clutter the laundry room is another great reason, but the, probably the lesser important reason. Well, and they use less water because when you are getting a jug of detergent or dishwashing liquid, fabric softener, oh, whatever, yeah. they dilute the concentration of the formula, whatever, the soap in all that water. And that's what's filling up the jug. But with the eco strips, it's just a highly concentrated little strip of your stuff. Stick it in and... It does the job. It smells beautiful. They have scent-free, hypoallergenic stuff that you can buy. So we get that for the kids because they get eczema. Mm -hmm. 
And you and I, we go for typically fresh linen or lilac breeze. I have no clue. It all smells great to me. <laughs> you claim I have a favorite, but I think that's a lie. So you are going to love this product. Check it out at true.earth and use our promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that is true.earth and thisfamilytree10. But we are also supported by Mini Miosh. And Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. Love this company. Probably my favorite clothing company that oddly does not sell <laughs> men's clothing. <laughs> no, they are the best. And, it, you know, it's because Mini Miosh believes in quality over quantity. And you can see that in everything they do, whether it's our soft, like fashionably timeless, comfortable clothes that we get for the kids that can really be passed from kid to kid regardless of gender and it stands up to washes in time or to the merino wool hat that you got because they do make men's outerwear. That's more of a unisex type. It's I, I would classify that hat as. Yeah. I guess people can wear anything they want, but they don't have a category mm-hmm. called men's. Yeah. No, you're right. But they do have a category called women's kind of now. This is their Whoa, M man. <laughs> it's their M and West collection. So everything in this collection is just that simple, awesome, like the first thing I do when I get home from work, folks, is I just go upstairs, take off my work clothes, throw on my M and West. <laughs> And I feel so good. And it's all French terry. It's made ethically and sustainably, just like everything with Mini Miosh. And I'm, yeah, I'm feel bad for you a little bit that Mm. they don't have a men's collection. Yeah. Join the club. (laughs) Uh, So if you want to check the company out online, you can go to minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code thisfamilytree15, you're getting 15% off your order. This is available in Canada and in the U.S., and it is only one use per customer. Stock up. It used to not be, but mm-hmm. they had to, you know, stop the madness. So <laughs> lo- if you're going to do it, do it. You know, email us an angry email if you don't like it, but I guarantee you will. Again, that is minimiash.com and this family tree 15. And now let's get back to the conversation. Okay, so the- these are great things to know. And do you guys have any other like hacks, Disney hacks in regards to anything, food, rides, parks, whatever. I need to know them. So I would say, so for people trying to like save money for going, so you can go to Target and with their red card, you can buy gift certificates and you get 5% off of those. So if you put your entire trip using those gift cards, 5% off of your trip is insane. Like so that's that's another way to save a, a lot of money by going. That's yep. so and I smart. Sam, Sam's Club is like I think four percent if you buy their gift cards that you save. So all so the Canadian have- listeners of this podcast are going to be hitting up their American friends for those uh, Target gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Okay, what else? Yep. Is there anything else that you would say? It's hard to think of them on. Sports. No worries, no worries. <laughs> if they come to you, we'll get there. But I do okay. want to know. In the beginning, you mentioned that first trip, meltdowns, disaster. I want to talk about managing expectations at the parks because, I mean, as a parent, you guys know whether you're at home, whether you're at Disney, whether you're down the street at the slide, you have to manage your expectations every day. And, you know, when I first started, when I first started parenting, when I first had my kids, I was terrible at that. I thought every day was going to be like hunky-dory, so happy, singing with butterflies. And it's just not. (laughs) Some days are shit, but whatever. So... When it comes down to managing expectations at Disney, how do we go about that? How do you guys go about that 
with your family? Like, what do you say to your kids, to each other, personal goals, anything like that? So with the first trip that me and Zaya went, I had the highest expectations, obviously. And that (laughs) was what, yeah, yeah, that was, that was what made me crash and burn because yeah, like it's not, it's the trips are what you make of them. Like you can go to magic kingdom and it'd be super crowded and you can have the worst day possible. It could rain all day. Like you, you just never know. But if you go in with the attitude of, when things go wrong, you're just going to go with the punches. It's going to be fine. Like you have to have a good attitude. <laughs> you have to. And, and your kids, like, especially in the summer, they will get hot and they, you know, you have to be able to take breaks and yeah, you just have to manage your expectations for sure. Like if you don't, you will crash and burn. <laughs> I would say it's definitely easy to get overwhelmed but it definitely that's our biggest thing I think too is we understand that we're I don't know you have to understand like everyone else is a person around you too and you're a person you get overwhelmed by things going on around you you are you get hungry you get tired like if you can manage that and say hey let's go cool off like there's tons of places to go in and grab a cup of water or whatever and cool off like take those little breaks Mm -hmm. don't always that would be one of my things is we don't try not to rush to where you're going Mm -hmm. because you're still going to get there you don't have to sprint to be there first and when you do that people just get frustrated Mm -hmm. like you are going to get frustrated your kids are going to get more tired they're going to get frustrated because it's hot out like go find somewhere and relax take some deep breaths people are going to cut you off they're going to step in front of you like (laughs) they're having their magical day too. And that sometimes gets in the way of your magical day. But (laughs) if you can roll with it and just kind of take a step back, go cool off, collect your thoughts again, and then keep going. Like it is what you make it. Like if you go in there saying, I'm going to have a good day, no matter what happens, like you're going to have a better day. But if you go in with like these crazy high expectations, and then the first thing that happens, the first negative thing, somebody says something rude to you or they cut you off, that's just going to plummet your attitude. And then now you're in a rut the rest of the day. If you can stay positive and say, hey, I'm going to have the best day possible, then you're going to have a better day. And then when something bad happens, just like, eh, it happens. That's you can just, kind of, just like settle yourself down and everything else around you will be better too. No, that's good. And it's a good thing to remember because I, you know, last time we were there on the busiest day of the year, tensions were high not with us we were having a great time but all around us you could feel it it was palpable somebody yelled at me because i had a baby stroller and a baby in it and they're like why are you bringing a baby stroller it was like an old man i was like my baby's (laughs) loving this park probably more than you are buddy like it was awful (laughs) people get so uh so angry and entitled but whatever it happens um and one of the last things i want to ask about so when i was Jeez, I was drinking age in Canada, but not in the States. So I must have been 20, right? Because we can we can go out when we're 19 here. So I went, it was again, like my dad had a lot of business meetings in Florida, like in Orlando at Disney and whatnot. And I went down with them and we're like, oh, we want to go out at night, whatever. So I got my cousin's ID. We went out to like a pub. There was a super fun pub, like where the Irish dancers, it was amazing. And then we went to the Explorers Club, which was so much fun. Was this all, because my memory's foggy on it, and so is his. Was this all on Pleasure Island? 
And does that still exist? I don't think so. So I remember the Explorers thing from when I was younger too. And I looked for it. I think it's at Epcot. And yeah, it's not there anymore. (laughs) Oh no. I was so excited to bring my husband. So do you remember like this fountain that like, like went to music? Like, do you remember that at Epcot? Because when I first went back to Epcot, I looked all over for that fountain and it's gone. <laughs> okay. So has it changed at all? Because we're bringing a babysitter with us when we go. Like we're bringing my mother and yep. she's going to watch the kids at night so that Shane and I can go do Disney at night because that's something that we've never gotten to do as adults. Mm-hmm. And I, I was going to ask you guys, like, have you done that? And what would you recommend that we do kidless? So. I would go to Epcot and go and eat and drink around the world. That's the funnest. We've actually done Hollywood Studios at night before, and that was actually even more fun than Epcot. That sounds cool. That sounds really cool. What is there to do at night there? Just like the rides and stuff? The rides and... It's a different... It's a different vibe. Yeah, it's a different aesthetic. All the lights are on. There tends to be less people there. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. You, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Like awesome. when we did, it was really fun. We hit everything we wanted to hit. We walked right on. Boom, did it. It was fun. We got yep. out of there. At night, all the families yeah. are gone. Yeah. That's why it's good to go back and take a nap and then come <laughs> back at night because there's not as many people. A lot of people get tired, so they kind of start <clears throat> filtering out. So I like that. that opportunity mm-hmm. for other stuff. But yeah, Epcot at night is really fun. We've done that. Walk around the world, get different drinks. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, Mexico has this amazing margarita. I forget what it's called. That's super delicious. I'm all for Mexican, uh, guys. That's my favorite type of food. This is good. All right. Yes. They have lots of, depending on what, I don't know when you're going, but depending on when you're going, they have different uh, booths, festivals. different festivals going on with different kinds of food. They offer a different different periods along with special drinks and stuff that are all really good. Um, I would definitely say for you guys to go to Epcot. Yeah, it would, Epcot is so fun. definitely a blast. This is phenomenal. This is so good. Yes, we definitely will be. I love to eat. I love to, uh, now that you mentioned Mexico, I love to eat Mexican. So I'm hoping that I can find a decent taco or something on Disney. There's all kinds of that yes. in the Mexico Pavilion. Yes. So phenomenal. yes. See, I and there's more to, to do in Epcot now for kids, right? Like what you guys yeah. were saying with Anna and Elsa and everything. Okay. Yep. And I mean, let's see. So I can't remember when they're opening everything, but there's something new opening. Something new Anna. Well, that, but that too, but they're going to have like a whole pavilion type thing. But I don't think that opens till the end of the year. I'm not yeah. sure when you guys are going. But Okay. Yeah. We're going in April. I'm not sure when in April yet, but well, we're going in yeah, April. That again. But so Epcot like is half under construction right now. So that whole, the whole like front of it is pretty tore up still but they're building like a moana garden and oh nice yeah i think that opens this summer maybe the end of the summer that's cool and the last thing i want to ask you guys and i want to answer from each of you one thing that you think is worth it to splurge on and one thing that might be like a tourist trap that you think not worth it so one thing that we always splurge on is so at Disney Springs, they have a lot of, oh, that's yes. like the free shopping area. Oh, okay. They have awesome restaurants there. And there's one called Homecoming. Oh, my God. And it's- <laughs> Dakota's like salivating. Yes. Yeah. But that's what we always splurge on every single time. When, the day we get there, we go to Disney Springs and go to Homecoming to eat. <laughs> they have the best chicken, the best food, like 
ever. There's like, a lot of restaurants <laughs> there though. Yes. That are really good, good. But that one is the best. We go there every time. Definitely. All right. High priced, but it is just the best so good. I mean, that's amazing. pretty much normal at this yeah. point, but <laughs> higher it's higher priced, but it is phenomenal. It's worth every penny. That's so good to know. It's going on my list. Yeah, Cinderella's Royal Court, though, and and Be Our Guests are more money. So it's really not that much. But we don't get to, you know, we go so often that we don't, Mm -hmm. we don't splurge on all that, the character meals and stuff. Yeah, it's different than a character meal. It's not, it's not Mm -hmm. expensive like a character meal, but for an individual meal, it's more expensive. But it is phenomenal. And what would you say I should pass up on, considering we're only going for about four days? What's not worth it that people might think is like totally worth it isn't it all worth it <laughs> <laughs> that's that answer works yeah, I, I like it i feel like it is all worth it there's not really yeah i feel like there's not really anything that i wouldn't go do oh so <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't do genie plus at yeah at anywhere else except for magic kingdom that's good uh, to how know. Did you, if you're gonna do like but i think your kids are too little it wouldn't be worth it at hollywood studios either okay but you know, like for other people who are doing Hollywood studios and want to go on all of the rides there, then Genie Plus is good there too. But Epcot and Animal Kingdom, just don't don't waste your money. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good to know. And then and then my husband and I, if we want to go at nighttime, then whatever, we go at nighttime, don't need those things anyway, because it's a little quieter. It is. Yeah. Yep. And April is a really good time to go if it's not around spring break. Like, I think our favorite trip that we did was the end of April and, like, a couple days into May. It was so good there. Like, everyone's in school. They just had their spring breaks. So nobody's there. So you probably are going at the perfect time. That's so ideal. Well, guys, thank you so much, Lisa and Dakota. I really enjoyed this. And I'm honestly going to sit here when we put this episode out and I'm going to write them down all in my in my like journal thing that I'm planning with. But thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, absolutely. No Thanks for having us. Absolutely. We and, about it, so. <laughs> <laughs> and where can people find you guys on Instagram, TikTok, websites, whatever? So we're at um, the Warden Fam. And... So we're just on Instagram and um, TikTok, but we're starting to dive into um, YouTube. I like it. (laughs) Hold on. You're not like just on TikTok. You guys are really on TikTok. How many followers do you have? Well, 1.8 million. Yeah. Yeah. You got TikTok figured out. (laughs) That's pretty damn good. But guys, thank you so much. Disney freaks love so it so much good info yeah they they knew their stuff i know you need somebody like that to really help you out and their account is basically all disney and doing little things so it's really helpful to follow if uh if you do want to go with your fam so if you like universal studios don't even bother oh did you know disney has a park hollywood studio like it, this was it wasn't around when i was a kid hmm. hollywood studios no. it's so, hard to compete with that universal though oh, i know but they were saying that hollywood studios in epcot are like two of their favorite parks. And they were saying all the awesome stuff that you can do with those ones now. And they said, Hollywood Studios is a place to go, well, those that and Epcot at nighttime. That's like saying Joey Fatone is your favorite member of NSYNC, I feel like. Or like, who's the one from Backstreet Boys? Howie. People liked Howie. I, I knew, Get out. I knew girls who liked him. Shane, 
I went to the concert in Toronto when I was like 11 and five people clapped for Howie and I started clapping for him just because then I felt bad because nobody was clapping for him when he came out. Howie or AJ? AJ at that time, not now. Howie, now Howie, right? Probably, yeah. Who's the best one? I used to like Brian. Brian, okay. I always thought Nick was the equivalent of Justin Timberlake, so for that reason I liked him. I hated them both. Right. Hated them both growing up. You didn't hate Timberlake. Oh, I hated Timberlake. Hated Timberlake. I didn't like Timberlake at all. I thought he was such a whiny little baby until he came out with um, Senorita. Oh. His Senorita. And I loved that song. And I was like, all right, I'm into Timberlake now. And it was the same with Miley Cyrus. Did not like her. Thought she was like a little Disney annoying kid until she came out with Bangers and that album. And I was like, I'm all for this. And now I love Miley. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Got any questions over there for the mailbag segment? This is where we take listener questions. We both answer them and both do equal amount of research. <laughs> I do. Okay. So the first question. We do. Should men wear engagement rings? No. And why Why do women wear them and men don't? So Shane, what's your, what's your take on this first? I think, should they? Or why do they? Why do they? Okay. Why do they? I think because a uh, I think not that this is right, but it's like, oh, you're my beautiful woman. And it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a form of ownership, I think, yeah. that the man is like, you be good because now you're mine and I finally won you. Mm-hmm. And then with the man, it's just like that extra time to kind of pretend he's untethered. Yeah. So is that the actual answer? Yeah. So different like articles that I was reading point to two different things. So. You know, some of the articles were pointing to old-timey Romans giving jewelry to their betrothed, to their woman, as a form of like, hey, now you have to be faithful to me. And it was like a, a yeah. sign of fidelity. And then for the man, or for the woman, I guess, she had this expensive whatever it was to be like collateral. So then if the husband went and fucked up then she would be like all right well i'm keeping this and you know my family's gonna sell it for money or whatever so Mm. i don't know how true that is but that's some articles i was reading were saying that and then the more i think i don't know common one is that you know the story about like diamonds and how they got so popular adam ruins everything there's a guy online his name's adam ruins everything he does a great thing on diamonds and it's all about the De Beers. So they're the company. I love De Beers. <laughs> the family that made diamonds like super high valued. So they just had a ton of diamonds, a ton of diamond mines. And then they hoarded. Scarcity. Yeah. they And they hoarded diamonds and gave the diamond the best PR campaign in the history of PR campaigns. And basically said a diamond is forever. You need to get this. If you're going to engage, uh, propose to a woman so that she knows how much she's worth and how much your love is worth. And that's when it became super common for people to give diamonds as engagement rings. But then they, just, they didn't have a PR campaign for men wearing rings for engagement. But it's like I was thinking about it. And, you know, for a woman, it's like, okay, they're wearing that visible sign of, hey, I'm taken the second they get engaged. And then like in movies and pop culture, whatever, you hear guys like the night before the wedding and they're like, well, this is it, boys. I'm not a free man tomorrow. And it's like, no, you haven't been a free man 
for as long as you've been engaged for sure, but not as long as you were like as long as you were dating that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you think that is still a prevalent thought in men's heads? I think it's more you're not shamed, but it's if you're a woman of a certain age, maybe, and you're not engaged, it's looked more heavily or there's more weight taken upon that for the woman. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like feeling like, oh, I'm a failure where men get a longer time. So I think that ring is a symbol of like, oh, I'm taken or something. I feel like there is pressures for women to get engaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, in if you're cer- if you're not engaged by 30, I feel like a woman starts to feel even if she's comfortable with it herself, she's uncomfortable by the way other women are making her uncomfortable, making her feel like she shouldn't mm-hmm. be comfortable with that. So there is that pressure that a man never feels. It's almost like <laughs> that ring's feeling pretty heavy if you're, if you're a man that's like that type of joking mm-hmm. thing. And the idea is that all women really want to be married and all men do it begrudgingly or they're dragged yeah. to the altar. That to me is the thing that is common and I think still exists. Do you think though that a lot of guys look at the night before their wedding as like their last night as free men? Like do they actually feel that or is that just a pop culture thing? Like, I'm just asking because I'm so curious. No, I think there's pressure to act and do things that men are supposed to do. And I think right. there's pressure to because of that movie like Deer Hunter or something where you're supposed yeah. to be like drinking a lot. <laughs> I, I feel like you're supposed the to hangover. love beer and I'm kind of drunk and ho-ho and all these jokes or whatever. Ho-ho? I don't know. I, I was <laughs> a pirate. Santa Claus. That. <laughs> yeah, that was Santa. That was a pirate, obviously. Pirate. Yes. Yar. Okay. <laughs> okay. The next question. Thoughts on Canada's drastic new guidance on drinking. Shane, have you been reading all this? Um, I can't think of a bad joke. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, like I think it's you can have four drinks a week, right? How many drinks do you know how many drinks it was last time? Like for 25 the last in a week. Not 25, that's a lot. Okay. 15 in a week. Yeah, so it was 15 for oh, men. Well. <laughs> I like how I just subtract by 10. Yep, nailed You're it. You're doing a great job. No. Uh it was 15 for men, 10 per women per week. Okay. For, you know, low risk associated with alcohol induced whatevers. And for other countries, I was looking up still in other countries, because that was from 2011. But I was looking at other countries whose were updated more recently, like 2020, 2021. So countries like France, US, the UK, Germany, Italy, all of theirs are still around that level, mm-hmm. like between 10 and 15 drinks per week per person. Yeah. Uh, Canada just updated ours and it is two drinks a two week drinks oh, a week okay, wow. and other countries are like well don't have more than two a day because then you're at high yeah. risk and they say two a day is fine can i ask you a question about mm-hmm. this so let's say you go eight months without having a drop does that mean you can <laughs> fill up your bucket for what you abstained from and make up for it i have no idea you Maybe. didn't research that i thought you're the googler well i'm the googler i didn't think of that question that's a great question it's a great question, but it it is interesting that, you know, this info is out and now the center that put out this, re- uh, this research, they're now calling for labels on all of our alcohol, like on cigarette packets where you oh, see wow. like the lungs and everything. So they want to have it so you can't see any of the branding. You can't see any of the flavors. So when you go booze shopping, you basically just have to like ask for what you want. 
you can't really look at things. Oh, my goodness. So I don't think our government would go that far because I would be really nuts. And the, the government runs our liquor stores here. So I think it would be a huge loss of money for them ultimately. So I, I don't think they'd go down that route. But even this information, I was kind of perplexed because I was like, well, how come if this is the new guy, if these are the new guidelines, why aren't all the other countries also like, oh, my God. This is it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know how right it is. Cause then we've even had like um, a professor at Brock University has come out and he's kind of talking against it. And, but what does it matter if it's right or wrong, really? We, we've been alive long enough. We've seen our grandparents, we've seen our parents. We know how they drink. We know the likelihood in which mm-hmm. we're going to live if we live a similar lifestyle. Why be alive if you're not doing the things? that you enjoy, like everything has a little bit of a risk. So if the goal is to be alive as long as possible, then do that. But if, you know, you have a little bit of periods where you're celebrating and you can, it's not ruining your life, do that. But if you're, if you want to be the ultimate thing of health, you could still get hit by a car or something. So I I don't know. It's everyone is, I, I don't see why there's an outrage on this or why there's somebody being scared because Unless you're an alien here to Earth, that mm-hmm. news should not be frightening because it doesn't change anything. I think it's more that people thought that they were like doing a good job with health and their drinking. They thought they were like moderate drinkers. And now it's like, oh, my God, I'm a high risk drinker, but I'm only having six drinks a week or whatever, which is like a glass of wine with dinner a night, which is nothing. Right. And uh so I, th- I think people are just like scared and people are now accusing the government over the this this thing that did the study of fear mongering, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I have, you've probably seen the guy that's gone viral complaining about it, have you? No, I was going to say, all I've seen is people like, fuck that, I'm drinking more now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, can I? I yeah, let's hear him. Okay, let's put him into the mic. You can watch the video. Yeah. Hold my mic up. So this man from St. Catharines, uh, CHCH, which is like a local news station, they were outside of an LCBO just like grilling people. And then this guy comes on and now he's getting passed around the internet like crazy, but he's he's pretty good. Here, you press play. Two drinks a week, what's that going to do for you? I mean, that doesn't even get you through a day. It's heartbreaking and I can't even believe it. What, can I have uh, two liters of pop? Can I have two liters of pop? Well, what's more healthy, four beers or two liters of Coca-Cola? Do the math. The CCSA <laughs> says these new guidelines. <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know, that guy... He's just he, he's just saying, I'm not going to change my life. And that's the way I think is the best way to take these things. We know eating pizza is not healthy. Mm-hmm. But we all know what our limit is and our level of exercise where we can do that and still feel comfortable with it. So I think we all know what's healthy amount of drinking for the most part, unless, unless you have a legitimate problem where it's affecting your life beyond you know reason. Yeah. So... I, I don't I just I look for this is moments like that on the news. That's the way I look at it for conversations like this to laugh at a good clip like that. You know, <laughs> that's why I take it. No, it's moderation, baby. And I, I think that's the most important thing. Uh, but yeah, it was very interesting to me. And I was just thinking about what I would have thought of that as like a university student. Over. Yeah. Oh, you know, university is a strange time where everyone's overdoing everything (laughs) it's true okay the next question how would you handle a cheating scandal 
if you were famous. In Australia, all over the news is a cheating scandal with Michael Clark. He's a former cricket captain yeah. uh, for Australia, a video showing his girlfriend slapping him. Hmm. So handling a cheating scandal. Can this be a video show? I, now all I want to do is see this video of him being slapped. All right. I'll grab it. How do I handle a cheating scandal? Um, I don't know. I'm like how it, if you're cheating on me? Yeah. So I guess when it's all public, right? Because if you're famous and it's like everybody's up in the business. To me, yeah, I don't know. Like I'd be hurt, I guess, but I kind of would. I'm forgiving. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be really hard to. You're such a goofball that I could kind of I could, I know you so well now I could kind of understand it. <laughs> in a way you know like anyone else it would hurt me way more but you're so um i don't know like i don't <laughs> Shane, know Shane's i could understand looking at it. me while he's saying this and like scrutinizing me with describe. really funny I, I could understand i'd be way with you more than anyone i've ever been with in my life i would be less angry at you yeah i would be the opposite um i mm -hmm. would be i don't know what i'd do you know what i'd have to like if we're famous and it was everywhere i'd be so humiliated that before i could even look at you i think i would just need to like go somewhere i just need to go somewhere on a really nice vacation on our family dime mm -hmm. and just be there and go through things and cry and drink more than two drinks a week uh and figure things out and then come back maybe once it's like died down a little Unless the yeah. paparazzi find me hiding out in like, you know, Positano, just drinking Negronis my life away. I don't know. I don't know. It freaks me out. That's that's for sure. Drinking Negronis my life away. Drinking huh? my life away with Negronis. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I guess everyone handles things differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. It's tough. Okay, wait. I want to see if this is the video. Here, put the mic up to it. So Michael Clark getting slapped by his girlfriend. It's the clip that's got Australia talking. This blurry video is Jade Yarbrough attacking boyfriend and cricket legend Michael Clark in a public park in Noosa. Why? Well, reports say Jade was in contact with Clark's ex-girlfriend, fashion designer Pip Edwards, who, it appears, might have shared messages sent to her by Clark. Who's there's like 90 cameras out here. What is this? I you know what there's way too much coverage there. Well he's a he's a famous, super famous guy. So super famous what was he playing soccer? Cricket. Cricket. So super famous. Cricket's huge. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not laughing at cricket being huge. I'm just laughing at the prospect of in the middle of the night, camera crews always being there. There's way too much press there. I don't know. I don't know, but you know what? I feel like I feel like I'd be like the same. I think I'd get I might get ragey. I don't know. Okay, what would like you... Are ragey or cryy? Okay, for a friend, let's say, a, a friend is in this situation, what would you be more embarrassed for them? If a sex tape was released with them, like them lovemaking, or them, the opposite, a, a cheating scandal? What I, do you think is more embarrassing? A cheating scandal, 100%. Than a lovemaking one? Oh, yeah. Hmm. 100%, because 
the lovemaking when they're taking part in consensually and it's like, oh, that's what they get up to in there. But the cheating one, it's like they're being humiliated. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that for the lovemaking thing, but. Mm-hmm. What do you watch? No. No, it can't be like that. You can't you can't watch that because then you'd be supporting, you know, people hacking stuff and whatnot. But I mean, it already has 10 million views. Of course not. Okay. Of course not. Me either. But yeah, the cheating thing is just like their whole life is changing. They're getting the wool pulled over their eyes. They feel humiliated. That is uh, awful. At least if like your lovemaking video got put out, you and your spouse could lean on each other and support each other. See, for me, I, I'm like... <laughs> Not that I like wool being pulled over my eyes because that sounds annoying, (laughs) but at least with the cheating thing, I get a lot of sympathy from people. And it's like, oh, poor Shane. And I'm like kicking around. I feel like with the the other video, everyone's just pointing and laughing at me. (laughs) (laughs) You you don't think you have a good O face? I don't know. Like, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm just embarrassed <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> no, that'd be funny. Um, okay. How best – I like going from that to the next question. How best to deal with tantrums? So I kind of – I was going back to old interviews that Shane and I have done with parenting experts and then things that we have done. I and- usually just get you some ice cream. I know, Brie. <laughs> he does do that for me. Uh, a blizzard always helps. But – for the kids, setting boundaries while they're tantrum, like, you know, whatever it is, making sure they're safe, other people are safe, waiting for it to end, you staying calm, because then if you start getting up in arms and your kid is going to tantrum more, it's going to be really hard for everybody to calm down simultaneously. But waiting it out and reminding your kid, like, validating their feelings. I know you're upset that we had to turn off the TV now. I know you're angry that you couldn't have another scoop of ice cream but we can only have as much as we did today and you know now it's time for dinner now it's time for bed and making sure that you're validating their feelings that they know the boundary and that you don't give in and just wait it out like I've sat there and have done that and like reminded Betty that I'm there that I love her that I'm here if she needs a hug and I can understand why she's mad but sat there and watched her like scream and kick on the floor for 20 minutes and they get out of it. They know you're not going to budge. And then they, I don't know. It's just like, a, it's almost a pain-free way. It's just annoying because it might last so long and it's noisy. But mm-hmm. what would you add? How do I get out of a tantrum? Well, how, yeah. How do you help kids out of tantrums or what do you do to cope during tantrum? I I try not to get upset like at all. Like I don't try to get to their level or get fr- show my frustrations, I'll say. And I talk even calmer than I ever would and just and give hugs and say, I know, I know what you're feeling. And I, f- I found I've had surprising luck with tantrums, getting kids out. Like Be- Betty's obviously obsessed with you. Mm-hmm. But I found when you le- like I'm putting Betty to bed now, which Betty hates because she wants <laughs> mom to put her to bed. So you leave the room to put Lucy to bed. And every time you do that, guaranteed tantrum and it seems like one of those tantrums that betty's never gonna get over but i just bring up all of her favorite things i rub her back i say it's okay i go do you want me to put you in the crib and tickle your back and she i even though she likes a back tickle 
and and uh, being put in the crib and me singing to her in there. I know she doesn't want it now. Mm-hmm. So I'll go to act like I'll play I'll play stupid like, oh, maybe she wants this. And she'll, she'll be like, ah, wow, wow. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. And then she'll start thinking of things she likes. And then we can get her out of her. And now she's just negotiating what she would prefer. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, she just starts thinking about things she wants. So I'm not sure if you could hear or whatever, but tonight it went from full loudest crying Betty could ever be to just nothing. Yeah. And and I, I find I find I'm good at that. I don't know. I, I would say of all parenting skills I have, that might be the thing I'm most uh deft at. No, you you always have been very good mm-hmm. at that, you know, since Lucy kind of started doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're good at redirection and like waiting things out very patiently. Mm-hmm. And Shane, I say I say we call it there. And I think I said deft, but I meant to say adept. <laughs> I, I realized that. <laughs> I'm deft at this. Um, it seemed like a word at the time, D-E-F-T. I'm glad. Okay, I'm thank glad you. I needed to, uh, you know, not just mumble through that. But yeah, thanks everybody for listening to this episode. I hope you know everything about Disney right now. Or if you don't care about Disney, I hope you skipped ahead and just got to this part that you're listening to right now. Because we appreciate uh, our loyal listeners. So thank you so much for listening to This This Family Family Tree Tree Podcast. Podcast, episode 160.